Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast show. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely and talented and beautiful wife, Miss Southern Shell, as always. Shell, day number 752 in quarantine, <laughs> and I guess it's a Thursday-ish. <laughs> I really don't know. I mean, I'm kind of... Technically, it's a technically Thursday. It's a Thursday. Like yeah. a we missed Friday, last week. Know. You know, last week I was under the weather, man. My back got... I hurt my back some kind of way, and I just wasn't feeling it. We didn't do... We just took two days off. The Rona got us. The Rona got us. The Rona had me down. Uh, my itis was flared up. <laughs> itis was, does flare. It was more like my don't give a itis was flared <laughs> up. I needed a couple days to do nothing, man. I'm just. We've been going pretty hard at the cooking and the Instagramming and the yeah, videos and the business and everything. It doesn't even feel like it's been quarantine because we've been so busy. Well, you know, we've worked from home, kind of doing. What well, we do. It's like everybody else welcome years. to our world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're, we're used to. Everybody's talking about how they, they're living in their yoga pants now. <clears throat> like, I've been, been doing that for out. years. Yeah. <laughs> you missing out. You mean you don't have activity pants? <laughs> the only thing that I are miss. Also work pants. The one thing that's driving me crazy and it still is, I haven't been to these stores. Yeah. If we, if we do have to run in and get something, usually I'm dropping you off and letting you run in. So trying to avoid contact and limit our family footprint we're not taking michael with us we, we i can't me michael him. and the dog sit in the car and <laughs> shell goes in kroger <laughs> that's I the limit trust michael not to touch everything and then touch his face and touch his mouth yeah oh that's where it go down yeah I, I can't trust myself not to i have a hard time <laughs> not do. touching my face I'll touch it right now that's how that feels good you realize we'd be prepping for memphis in may right now it's yeah, this was load. Would, no, it wouldn't be load in this weekend. Next, Next weekend. weekend would be load this weekend in. would be Memphis and May Music Fest. I think I had a schedule, a contest schedule for this week. You did. KCBS somewhere. Yeah. There's maybe Kennett, Missouri. Or, or it was one of the two. Kiss, yeah. uh, Whistle Stop or Kennett, Missouri, I believe. You did. You and then right. I had one scheduled next week for load in. I was going to try to slip over to Arkansas and do mm-hmm. one, but it didn't happen. You got that brand new trailer and. Hadn't seen to it. Take it. I hadn't seen it since we parked it. I hadn't been back to it. I don't know if it's still. I, mean, I guess it's still there. Hadn't done anything. Hadn't put my beds in it. Hadn't done anything to it. Hadn't put TVs in it. It's just backburnered. Everything yeah. got backburnered since what was that March? Yeah, spring break, pretty I'm, much. I'm lost, man. So this week you did Gringo smoked chicken enchiladas. I did. Uh, so we got Cinco de Mayo coming up mm-hmm. and I hadn't been able to go get my weekly Mexican fix like <laughs> I'm accustomed to. So I had to come up and do my own Mexican dish. And so I took um kind of an adaptation. I don't know if it's my mom's enchilada recipe is different. I mean she makes like beef enchiladas. Yeah. Or cheese and onion enchiladas. Yeah. And I wanted to do something with some smoke, something smoked. So I said, I'm going to do chicken enchiladas. And instead of doing like a, a typical red enchilada sauce or like a bean sauce that, that my mom does, I did a white, I came up with a white, uh, a white enchilada sauce. And it was just kind of like a sour cream based yeah. chilies, onions, garlic, all the good stuff with some, some cheese in it and some, and some, yeah, some green salsa verde. That's pretty much it. And that was it. It was simple. It was, it was simple to do. Um, you know, cook a chicken. There's nothing to that. I yeah. put some gringo on the outside and cooked it on a pellet grill. You could have, 
cooked it on any grill. You could cook it in the oven. You could use a rotisserie chicken. You could boil a chicken. You could use canned chicken. All those are options, but the smoked chicken made it. Yeah, I was going to say, you've the, cooked this recipe before. Oh, yeah. But you didn't use the smoked chicken. Right, right. I've done the chicken enchiladas before. Yeah, I, I adapted yeah. the sauce some. Most time, you know, when I do something like that, I just use like some uh, white cheese dip and then maybe like a can of mushroom soup yeah, or something like yeah. that. Cream of chicken. <laughs> just, just to like, get a sauce, you know, and it's something quick. But this actually made the sauce. Yeah. And so it, that's what kind of. Made it over the top. And really, you didn't have to do much cooking with the sauce. You just... The onions. The onion and the, the onion, garlic, You just have to saute your onions yeah. and garlic. And then the, the rest, rest of it, is just heating. Yeah, you just heat up heat up the heat green chilies, heat up the salsa verde till it's bubbly, turn the heat down, melt the sour cream in, blend in your cheese so it doesn't get clumpy, and then that's yeah. it. That's it. It makes that with... So I took half of that sauce that I made up in a big, like, sauce, you know, deep saucepan. Uh, made the sauce, and then I had my chicken pulled, and you can do that ahead of time. We could do that a day ahead. Yeah, of time. I was it gonna say matter. you could have you could pull pull chicken and thawed it out of the freezer. Yeah, you could have smoked this chicken a day or two ahead of time, and then assembled everything and baked it in the oven. Oh yeah, and then and so then it gets like half the sauce is divided. Yeah, half of it goes in with the chicken to kind of make your filling, and then half of it goes over the top once you get your enchiladas rolled. Now I did kind of the authentic style enchilada. Where I used actually corn tortillas. To me, that's an enchilada. If it's a flour tortilla or what, what they would call uh, Mexican restaurants, people would say gringo style, they'd use flour tortillas. Yeah. To me, that's a burrito, you know, or a soft taco, you know, rolled up with <laughs> put a sauce on. But to be an enchilada, it needs to be a corn tortilla. And so I took my corn tortillas, and if you just take them straight out of the package, they're going to break up on you. Yeah. They're crumble easily. So what I do, um, and my mom taught me this, is you just fry them in a little bit of oil on each side. I'd never done that. A few that. seconds. It don't take long. Just enough to warm them up, get some oil on them, and that makes them real pliable. Yeah. And then you can roll them up and handle them more, stack them in your casserole dish, layer a little sauce on bottom, and then get your enchilada, enchiladas filled and stacked in there in rows, and then cover it with the rest of the sauce that you made. And then top it with as much cheese as you can stand. That's what makes it good. <laughs> now, that's kind of family-style enchiladas. It's almost like an enchilada casserole. Yeah, it, it is, really, because I did it in a casserole dish. That's family-style. If you were doing these for, like, a dinner or individual, you'd put two or three enchiladas on the plate, cover it with sauce, put some cheese on it, pop it under a broiler, let it melt the cheese like that, and then go to serve. Yeah. You know, slap you some beans and rice on there. So you wouldn't bake it? Not like not the same way. I mean, I was doing just, it to heat them all at once. Yeah, it didn't have it. to really be baked because everything's cooked in it. You're just heating it up enough to melt all the cheese. But it gets so good when it gets all. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> when it gets all melty and yeah, I mean, I would say that was more family style. Those what I'd call it. Yeah, family style smoked gringo smoked chicken enchiladas. Um. You can thank me for later for that one. That's it's good really one. good. Kids will love it. The, uh, you can spice it up all you want. You can add, you know, you can add oh, more yeah, you heat could, to it. You could do a lot to make it your own. You know, cover it in white cheese dip too. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only thing I was missing. You had said that you uh, used to get enchiladas at Poncho's. That's my. That's the first Mexican restaurant I've ever been to. A little bit of kid. I remember going there. It was right across from the uh, Riverside Speedway in West Memphis, Arkansas. I think this was the – I don't know if it was the original. I always thought it was the original in West Memphis, and it was 
the best. It's still a really good Mexican restaurant. Yeah, Poncho's is like a Memphis institution. Yeah, and they do. So as soon as you get, as soon as you come in the door with Poncho's, you're not having to order chips and dip. They're hitting you with it. You get little mm. cups of cheese dip. These warm, uh, the round tortillas, like you get. Yeah, like, like nachos. Saying, yeah, like nacho style chips. They're warming in a basket, covered up with like a, a real napkin, and then they give you <laughs> a, a little cup of salsa too, and then they just keep it coming. And oh. the, we always now, when I was a kid, you always had to order off a kids menu. But when you got you know a little bit older, you got to get the poncho special. That's the, that's the number one thing to order there. It's like a crunchy taco, uh, an uh, tostada, enchilada, and rice and beans. I mean, I think it comes with rice and beans. It's been a while since I've been there. But the poncho <laughs> special, and they have this other sauce that is awesome. It's they call it poncho's green dressing or poncho's tropical sauce. Yeah. And my mom figured out how to make that too, so I've, I've never gave that it's recipe. It's like a out. vinaigrette. It's like a Mexican vinaigrette. Yeah, yeah. it's so good. It is good. Um, Sweet it's on me. and it's kind of we vinegary actually, and tangy, but it's creamy at the same time. I guess the way it gets emulsified. We um we used it on our turkey tacos that yes. we turned in at Memphis MA last year. They was killer too. They were. I, never, I, I was people. making, so back during Thanksgiving, we had some in the refrigerator. I was making turkey sandwiches and putting it on there. Yes, that was really Smoked good. Smoked turkey sandwich with the ponchos green dressing. I remember that. Oh. We had some shredded lettuce. Mm-hmm. That was good. But <laughs> Memphis set a turkey sandwich <laughs> off. Turkey, you know. It's not just for tacos. <laughs> so if you've never had ponchos cheese dip, you know, it's something you gotta try. I think they sell it nationwide now. I mean, it used to be the Memphis thing. Like you, yeah. growing up, y'all didn't have ponchos at your Kroger. No, I didn't know about ponchos until I went to uh, to college, and some of my friends but were from um, the Memphis area. Oh yeah, man, and they would bring it back, you know, to the dorm ponchos or to the apartments. Cute. Yeah, and I it, thought it was the best stuff ever. You could dip anything in ponchos. Man, dip. It's so good. They make a they make a dish there, and it's probably my mom's favorite. But they call it shrimp Veracruz. Ooh. And it's pretty much like sauteed shrimp covered in poncho's cheese dip, <laughs> like in a bowl. <laughs> Do you like put it you on the shell? Yeah, eat it with yeah. yeah, eat it with the chips or tortillas or whatever. Um, I get that one. Is it shrimp governator? Yeah, at, at, uh, at the local. La Siesta. No, at uh, Guadalajara. Guadalajara. Yeah. You got to see. You got to understand. We've got five or six different Mexican restaurants now in Hernando, in a town that's we have. A, we live in a small, very small. southern town. <laughs> There's probably what five. There's just as many other restaurants in town as there is the Mexican restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Fifty percent of our restaurants is Mexican yeah. restaurants, and they're all good. They're yeah, they are. I've got something. I've got a favorite dish in all of them. <laughs> Me yeah. too. But La Siesta is my favorite one. Yeah. You actually said that in the video. I'm coming for you, La Siesta. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've got. To, I'm going to make something else. I'm going to. I'm going to attempt to make. So Cinco de Mayo's Tuesday, right? I think so. I believe. I think so. so. I think so. I think I looked at it. And that's delicious dinner night for me. Yep, Tuesday. So yeah. I'm going to try my best. I'm going to do my interpretation of my favorite dish at La Siesta. And what's that? Polo Tapatio. And how does that go? So it's thinly sliced chicken breast. Like you take a th- take a, a chicken breast cutlet and then slice that in half across it. So okay, it so makes like thin. a, yeah, yeah. And that's what, and, but it's a whole piece of breast. It's yeah. just thinly sliced. And they, I'm sure they cook it on, season it, cook it on a flat top. And then they saute mushrooms, a little onion. They fry bacon, and it's like these little half strips of bacon all in there curled up. It's perfectly so it's, cooked bacon. And then the the chicken breast goes on top of that. It's, think of this on like a, uh, a fajita platter. Yeah. comes out sizzling. It's smothered in cheese. So all that cheese melts. So it's this cheesy, 
hot, bubbly mushrooms, onions, bacon, and chicken breast all in the same dish. And then they serve it with like beans and rice and tortilla shells. Yeah. Do you actually guacamole salad? Guacamole. Guacamole. <laughs> do you uh, actually put your uh, chicken on your tortillas when you order it, or do you just eat it? It depends on how I'm feeling. Yeah. If I'm if I'm carb conscious, because <laughs> look at me, I don't eat the tortillas and the chips and dips. But if I'm going in there and it's margarita night, I'm hitting two monsters. <laughs> Maybe even a big Dos Equis to go with it, and Polo Tapatillas, and cheese dip. Oh, yeah, it's on. I'm going to eat the shells and all. Um, do we have a fajita skillet? I just thought about this. Like I, I got a, I'm going to do it family So You know, delicious dinner is family style. Yeah. That's, that's the difference of mine. And when I do some try to do some restaurant, my interpretations, I, do them, I try to do them family style. Yeah. So I'm going to do it to where we can all eat it on a big iron skillet. You know, the big flat one, the yeah, griddle-looking one. Yeah. And I'm going to probably do three chicken breasts, have them sliced. Do my bacon, the mushrooms, onions, the cheese, all the good stuff. And then I'm, I'm probably going to do rice and beans or something yeah. to go with it. I was um, <laughs> I was thinking about, uh, you know, I looked up some recipes for Mexican rice or the, you know, the Spanish style rice. Mm-hmm. And it, there's a lot of ingredients. You know, it's, it's, it's a little more time consuming because you have to do the tomatoes and the whole nine yards. Oh, I'm cheating. That's what I was going to suggest doing. Just what, salsa. Salsa, a little squeeze of chicken base. Yeah. And that's it. Maybe a splash of lime or something. But that might mm. already be in the salsa. Yeah, no, I don't need that. Yeah. It's going to be, it's, I mean, I'm on Mexican, Mexican rice now. Yeah. Does she use just salsa or does she mm. actually use probably tomatoes, doesn't she? No, she just uses salsa. She does. I don't know if she adds, she adds a chicken bouillon cube to her water when she makes the rice. That makes sense, yeah. And then makes white rice and then adds some, like a spoon of salsa to it, stirs it up with some butter. Yeah. And it makes a great, it's pretty much standard issue Mexican restaurant rice. Yeah. Well, the whole point of the, delicious the, dinners is fast and easy and, you know, something you don't have to spend a lot of yeah, time with. Yeah. And then the refried beans is just mashed up pinto beans with, um, I mean, I think the restaurants, they put lard in them, but my mom usually just thins it down with some bean juice and then tops it with cheese and rolls it. Does she actually mashes her own pinto beans? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've never done that. I've always just, I'm not a big fan of refried bran- beans to begin with, but when I cook them for you, I just dump them but, out of the can. Yeah. And it looks I don't like know, I may, do black, I may do black beans, though. I love black beans, yeah. You know what I really like is ranchero beans. Yeah. It's got the meat cooked in it and the peppers and the onions, and it's kind of... It reminds me of a, a kind of a Mexican Southwestern style red beans and rice. Yeah. We had them out in Arizona at Phoenix and it was really good. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, if my mom could have these, cause she's always into making different kinds of bean dishes. But those were some of the best ones I've ever had. Ranchero beans. They were good. I'm not crazy about beans, but I do remember that. That whole restaurant was really good. Um, so, on your gringo smoked chicken enchiladas, would you do anything differently? Would uh, you make any changes to that recipe? No, I had some cheese dip. <laughs> yeah, and a margarita. <laughs> and a margarita, yeah. <laughs> what would you serve with that if you were going to serve it just like that? Or would you serve rice or beans? Or Yeah, I would do the beans and rice with it. That's yeah. pretty standard issue. Uh, I mean, you know, the uh, elote, the, cr- the corn would be a good Ooh, dish to yeah. do with it. But do it off the cob where it's like a family-style bowl. Or you could do corn on the cob with it. 
but um, you know, fried potatoes. That's that's mm-hmm. a that's one I see uh, see them do in a Mexican restaurant a lot that uh, people seem to like. It's kind of like skillet fried potatoes with a little onion in it, maybe a little jalapeno. But you could but, just throw some salsa and chips out there, and yeah, it's an easy man. Mexican dinners are the way to go. Yeah. They're easy to prepare usually. I mean, if you get you know, you just need your uh, everything ready to go because it's just kind of just throwing it together. And mm-hmm. a lot of them use a lot of these recipes. You can use the same ingredients. You're just presenting it different ways yeah. to get a different dish. That's what Taco Bell's been doing for years. years. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. The Mexican restaurants. You look at their menu. They're vast menus a lot of times, but a lot of times it's just different same combinations. The same ingredient. Yeah. yeah. Want to be a taco? Want to be a chalupa? Want to be a, a, a fajita? Or want to or What's the other one they do? The quesadilla. It's all variations of the same same ingredients. Um, you know, I don't read too many of our YouTube comments because they can be depressing. <laughs> People get mean on them. But um, I did see where someone said today that 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 dish did not look too appetizing. And I was I, thinking, I beg the difference. <laughs> I was thinking, that dish was delicious. I mean, it might not looked it, but man. What I was thinking was, what part was not appetizing? The delicious, Cheese juicy, smoked the chicken. chicken? <laughs> The, oh, the, the creamy, creamy white sauce, <laughs> or the mounds of melty cheese. Yeah, I don't know, man. You hate. <laughs> Hated it. So um, to each his own. People may not like each a lot. Each I don't own. know. Yeah, I know that's one. There's nothing left in the fridge on that one. Yeah, <laughs> um, those were gone. So we did. Didn't, we didn't talk about your uh, delicious dinner recipe from last week. So I wanted to talk about that first. That was where I did. Smoked hamburger steak. A hamburger steak, yeah, yeah. And basically, you make a hamburger patty. Yeah. And put them out there and smoke them on the grill. Um, I you rem- just seasoned them lightly. You didn't put anything in the patty. I didn't patty. put anything on there. No, I just it was like AP and steak rub. That was it. I think that's all I put on them. I don't day. even know if you put steak rub. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you did. I think I did. Yeah, I, just, did. I think a little AP and a little steak on the pellet grill. I think it was like 275. Uh, not too, you know, not too hot, not too slow either, but it took about. 30, 45 minutes to, yeah. get the, to get the burger patties where I wanted them. I made what made that, what set that dish off was the brown gravy, the mushroom and onion brown gravy. So I sauteed some mushrooms and onions and then I, I, I cheated. I just used like uh, gravy packets. See, I'm glad you did. You can make a, I mean, you, I've, I've had your brown gravy, gravy before. It's delicious. It's great, but it's not like a quick and easy. Yeah. Type. This is the kind that you, you know, brown gravy you get with Salisbury steak yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and it's just two packets. I think the packets are like 50 cents a piece. Yeah. You mix a cup of cold water with each one. I did it, so two and two, mm-hmm. and brought it to a bowl over medium heat. It thickens up. And then I added that to my uh, mushrooms and onions that I sauteed. And that was so it. that made the brown gravy. So the burgers go in a pan, smothered in the brown gravy, and I put them back on the grill just long enough to cook the green beans I was doing. And I just hit some green beans with the little uh, olive oil and AP, and they took what ten minutes, eight to ten minutes, yeah, right there beside the burgers. And then I'd already made the mashed potatoes. I used to, now I use Yukon Gold, the yellow potatoes. They make the best mashed potatoes. Yeah. you don't. Have I don't to- know if it's the starchiness of them or the texture, or what it is, but it makes a really good mashed potato. You don't have to add as much other ingredients yeah, if you yeah. have a really good potato they're all yeah they're already kind of naturally creamy and mm-hmm. almost have a butteriness to them the yukon yeah. golds do but i added sour cream butter plenty of butter and then basically just salt and pepper there i, I did uh you know what i did do milk. they were kind of they were i called them garlic mashed potatoes because oh, i put yeah, four or five yeah. cloves of garlic in there with the potatoes when they're boiling 
So when you mash them up, that garlic just dissolves in there, but it gives it a nice uh, savoriness, you know, from the garlic. And see, I had never done that before, and you did that for this recipe. I think you've done it before. I yeah. didn't realize That's it. how I make garlic mashed potatoes. Yeah, and I love that. It's so good. Yeah, because it, it was no extra work to yep. add that extra you can, added a flavor. You can and make it wasn't too it, garlicky. No, you can make it a little bit more in-depth garlic-wise if you'll use roasted garlic and not yeah. boil it because roasted garlic's already soft paste-like. And it mashes up real good with your, so you can put it in the same time you put your butter and sour cream. Yeah. And just mash that roasted garlic in and it's a stronger garlic flavor. Yeah. They just had garlic flavor, but they weren't like overpowered. Yeah, you wouldn't have yeah. been like, oh, you got a lot of garlic in there, you know. A lot of times if I'm doing like a steak and I want to serve a mashed potato, I'll do the roasted garlic mash to give it some more robustness. Yeah. How do you roast garlic? A little olive oil. <laughs> and, uh, the easiest way for me is cut the top off, set them down in little muffin tin. I get you a little six six piece muffin tin or whatever, and do do six times. Or you know you can do twelve. You can do a dozen of them. Roasted garlic keeps a long time. Drizzle it with a little olive oil, pinch of kosher salt, three hundred fifty degree oven. It only takes about 30, 45 minutes tops. That's it. You squeeze it out. Yep. They'll, it'll it'll want to release from the uh, the paper when it, when they get done. You cut the tops off and you just kind of squeeze it. And I, I put them in like a little Tupperware dish or a snap on lid dish. Keep it in the refrigerator, so I've always got some roasted garlic. Have you ever done it on the smoker that way? Um, I've, I've roasted garlic on. It works the same way. Yeah, it gives a little bit, you know, a little smoky flavor too. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's good. Um, you know that would probably has been Michael's favorite delicious dinner recipe. Probably so. That's right up his alley. He, <laughs> he loved it. Mashed potatoes and gravy is his jam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you got the hamburgers. They didn't. I don't think you know. I don't think he cared for the mushrooms and onions though. He yeah. just wanted to, he, just he liked the brown gravy way. plain. Yeah. Um, this week's was your barbecue pork tenderloin. Yes. And this one. When you cook tenderloins that way. We uh, we have bar- uh, tenderloins a lot mm-hmm. because they're easy. You can get, you pick them up at the grocery store. They're two pack. It's always enough left over. I mean, you get, you know, you kind of get two, two meals out of it because, you know, one week for dinner and then the other one's kind of lunch or make a little sandwiches mm-hmm. or whatever. But this one, for this one, I did it barbecue style. I call barbecue style. You sear it, season it with a barbecue rub, sear it over some hot coals. I fired the egg up, kind of kept all my lump on one side so I had a two-zone area, and then seared those tenderloins. Um, I call it four sides. They're round. They really don't have sides. I just kind of roll them around and try to get an evenness on about two minutes over the hot coals each turn. So about eight minutes, it's ready to go. It's seared all the way around. Then I uh, brushed a little sauce on them, moved them over so they wouldn't burn in the cool zone. And then I would just kept every five five to seven minutes, I'd set a little timer, and I'd rotate them and flip them, kind of move positions with them so they have equal space, you know, closer keep to the brushing fire. Them with the keep sauce. brushing them with the sauce. And it just kind of caramelizes uh, on. It builds some I, flavor. I watched them with my thermopan, so I didn't see. The worst thing you can do to those is overcook yeah. them. They need to be a little pink on the inside, and they'll carry over, and they're perfectly done. Man, it, it'll melt in your mouth. Yes. They that, they are delicious. I mean, they really, really are that good. And I do them in the oven. Well, I do them on a flat top on the stove. Sear them. Sear them kind of the same way, and then I'll have my oven hot and throw them. As soon as I get done searing them, throw the pan and all, cast iron pan and all in the oven and let them finish up until they're 
You usually put one, a dot in them, right? Yeah, 130, I put a dot 135. in 135? Yeah, 135. And that's what I was looking for in, with the Thermopan, 135. You took them to about 140, I think. Yeah, that's, they, they were, were right in that in. range. I mean, if they get there, they're fine. You just don't they want them to go. You don't want them to go over 145. Yeah. Because you've ruined them, and they're just plain tasting then. But you can do, you know, they make those. You can buy them already marinated. You can marinate them yourself. Yeah. You can inject them. And they're not too expensive. No, 10 bucks, I think, for two. So you're looking at. Five dollar piece of each one's yeah. five bucks. You can't beat that. And so after I after I got that done and rested, I did um, some grilled corn and I just we we bought some corn. You shucked it. I cut the tips off, grilled it over the same hot coals, and then just brushed it with butter so I could get some flame up action. And then when they when you start hearing a few start to pop, it's done. <laughs> and I took them off and salted them. How easy is that? And that corn was really good. It was. It wasn't like summer corn. But, it was still good. Yeah, it was still good. Um, in a coleslaw, I did a green apple slaw. Yeah, that was the other Where'd side. Where'd you come up with the idea for the green apple slaw? You've never cooked that before. No, but green apple. I mean, I had some green apples, and yeah. they go good with coleslaw and pork. Is what I was thinking. So yeah. I was like, you know, instead of cutting this up, at first I was like, make an applesauce or something like that to go over the pork. I was like, no, I'll shred it, bought like you know, uh, shred it like coleslaw, mix it with the slaw, and then a little mayo and sour cream to yeah. give it a you know just. A little different creamy flavor because you know a lot of times I do slaw. I just use mayo, and then I th- I forget what I was doing. It was a recipe we did recently where somebody said I make coleslaw with sour cream instead of mayonnaise. I said, hmm, I'll throw so I'll I'll, have, I'll take half my mayo out and put put the rest sour cream. Yeah, and I really liked the flavor it gave it. It was really good. So that got me thinking. Um, I could do like a Mediterranean slaw sometime with some yogurt because oh, it kind of yeah. got me thinking on that. But the the, the apples with went with the cabbage. That would be good. Yeah. Lamb sandwiches. <laughs> Lamb, Lamb sandwiches. <laughs> but that would be that would be a really good uh, recipe. To, uh, the yogurt going with it, but the apples played with it well. It did. And then it was like just a little salt and pepper. It was kind of a little sugar to keep it sweet. Yeah. Um. It was real tangy in a good way. You know. Yeah. That's what the sour cream does. Yeah. And I think that's what that's what got oh, me yeah. thinking. Oh yeah, and the apple too. Because it was yogurt. a green. So what green if you apple. took coleslaw? And incorporated that with your tzatziki sauce. So you use the cucumber in it for gotcha, some texture. Gotcha. Use the yogurt, all those same flavors, and, and turn that into a slaw. And that that would be a really good slaw over some grilled lamb. Yeah, or grilled beef or grilled chicken or whatever. Yeah. And, and pita bread. Oh, I think it'd be really yeah. good. Yeah, I'm liking where this is going. I like that. That would go good with chicken. You could, I mean, you know, shawarma, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Any of that meat would be really good with it. I love that. The yogurt that slaw. Style. That's what I call it. A yogurt slaw. Yeah. I'm going to try that this summer. That sounds really summery to me. Yeah. You know? And that's my kind of food right there. I love it. Pita bar. Yeah, a pita bar. <laughs> and when you grill uh, your vegetables, you grill yeah. up squash and zucchinis. They're so mm-hmm. good. Um, You know, we eat the corn like that in the summer all the time. You know? All the time. It's so easy. And you do it sometimes where you don't even shuck it first. I'll just throw the husk and all on there and just throw it on the grill and forget about it. How long? Uh, it, takes, it takes a little longer then. Yeah. Usually 10, 15 minutes at least. Well, you want to move it around because the husk can burn, but it protects it and it'll come out steamy and it don't pick up as much grilled flavor when yeah. you do it that way. But it's I awesome. wanted that kind of charriness on it. But what's the dog doing? <laughs> <laughs> She's excited. <laughs> it's summertime. It's going to be 80 degrees, man. I'm getting in the pool this weekend. Yeah. Um, so. Anything you do different on your delicious dinner recipes? Um, with the 
try to keep that corn from rolling around on the plate on me. Did you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got to figure out a way yeah. to prop the corn up. Not the roll. It was rolled to roll on me. I was trying to hold it and show the camera. <laughs> no, the, that, that recipe is too easy. It is. You can it, make the slaw ahead of time, and then you're just grilling and grill some grill some tenderloins. Your total time on that's thirty minutes, thirty minutes tops. Because I mean, while they're rest, it took eight minutes, and then about twenty. Yeah. And then I let it rest for five to seven, whatever it was, while I grilled the corn, and then it's ready to go. Yep. So you're in and out on that one and, quick. And you can serve it with pasta salad, potato salad. Yeah, anything. Any. It's real. Salt. That's a summery one to it me. Is. When you got the grill fired up, you want something quick and easy, that's a really good summer dinner. Um, Someone emailed me a question. <laughs> got to ask me? <laughs> yeah. Do I know what it is yet? Yeah. Oh, I, asked, is it? I asked you yesterday or the day before, and I liked your answer so much. I, <laughs> I don't know if I remember what I said. <laughs> what was the question? They said, um, a, lot of, a lot of chefs say not to season your steak too early because it will dry out the beef. But Malcolm likes to season it and let it sit for 30 to 30 minutes to an hour. Can you please explain? A lot of chefs don't know what the hell they do. <laughs> they don't know how to cook a steak. Your answer the other day, you kind of looked up and you said, well, I'm not a chef. Yeah. Like, I'm not a chef. I like my, I like my meat to taste good. <laughs> Is that what I said? <laughs> I wanted to. <laughs> you said, tell him to do it the chef way and do it my way. And see see which one's better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a true story yeah i mean don't okay, get me wrong so what, if you've got now i'm sure the proper way to cook a steak to eat the beef is to put nothing hardly on it salt it right when it comes off the grill you're just cooking a piece of meat yeah maybe some black pepper that i've seen them use and rub some garlic on it or something but not even and that's it it's always that and then they end. they cook it Usually not char grilled like I like to cook a steak. They're doing it like in a pan and then in the oven or in a, a, a salamander with a super high heat, so you get the crust on the outside. And then they bring it out and they'll salt it and maybe put some butter on it, and that's it. And you know that's fine if you like to eat beef. Like, well, you taste the beef is great, but I think I'll put mine my, my no hands down cooked on a Weber grill ribeye up against any of those any day. And I've, I've yet to find a steakhouse that's cooking them as good as we can cook them now. I agree. It took years to get to that. I didn't always know how to cook yeah. a good steak. Yeah. But now I'm more often find myself disappointed when I go out and spend a hundred bucks on a steak dinner as to what I'm cooking from a Kroger, a Kroger ribeye I pick up and I, then I'd season up at home Yeah. and cook over charcoal. There's something about charcoal. Yeah. I like going to a steakhouse still, don't get me wrong. I go to a steakhouse, I order steak, I like to drink wine or you know, have all the stuff that goes with it and somebody waits on you and all that. But um is it as good as a steak that I'm gonna grill? Heck no. And I think anybody can grill a good steak like that at home. This ain't it ain't just me. I'm not a chef. I'm yeah, not say yeah. that. But there's a lot of, I mean, it just don't hey, compare. I grilled a steak for you Friday night. Hey, there's you more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah. You you weren't feeling that great, so I uh so you went out and fired up the grill and cooked yeah. the ribeye, and it was. I told you, I said this meal right here was. I've, I've paid a hundred bucks for a steak dinner, and it was nowhere close to what you what you made with this, the asparagus, the mushrooms, the baked pota- steakhouse baked potato mm-hmm. loaded. I mean, and a ribeye that you couldn't finish. I mean, it was just, and it, that you probably had twenty bucks in that meal, maybe plus your love and time and care. <laughs> I, I went all out. It was very good. It was. Good. I was I impressed. Wasn't... I didn't know you could do the full block. I mean, I, I know you could do like 
some of it. Yeah, yeah. Like I, the potatoes, the asparagus, all that. You just the showed salad. up at the table and yeah. sat down, and it was. Yeah, but you had it spread out. You had the water pitcher going, the little sour creams, and the butters, and the little scoops. Where I did. I scooped them and then froze them so they were little balls. Yeah, perfect of little. Yeah, had the had butter the, and sour had the, cream. Had the, cl- had the, cl- the real napkins out, cloth napkins, <laughs> not a piece of paper towel. <laughs> Steak knives. I had fun doing had it. A too. water glass and a wine glass. Yeah. It was nice. A shell steakhouse. I like it. I can get used to that now. <laughs> Is well, that what you're cooking for me tomorrow? <laughs> no. I'm going to do smoked chicken salad tomorrow night. Okay. That sounds good, too, man. That's Shell's chicken salad. Mm-hmm. Shell's smoked chicken salad. I like that. Um. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring up a topic you do not like to talk about. What is it? Cooking fails. Or you can also call them nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Nailed <laughs> it. I think you have more of these than I do. <laughs> I can't argue that fact. I, I really think so. Now, I have had my share. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody that I've never screwed something up royally because I have a lot. <laughs> a lot. Can uh, we tell you the first one I put down on my list? What? Do you remember the first whole hog y'all cooked? I had, you know, when you, when you mentioned <laughs> we were going to talk about this, I jotted that down. Do you know the first time I ever cooked a competition whole hog? Yeah. That you were kind of the captain of. Yeah, it was, all by, it was killer hogs. You've helped out with other teams to learn how to cook hogs. Yes. Yeah. But the first time y'all, you boys, got your own hog. I finaled that day with that hog. I because came in there, third. <laughs> there was three people. They didn't have any choice. They, <laughs> they probably went back and talked like, man, I really don't want to give that guy third place. I wish you could still find <laughs> pictures of that hog. So first off, we didn't have a cooler, a vessel, a tote of big enough to hold a hog. So we had you to get, go. When you pick up the hog from the butcher, you got to keep it cold. Put it in. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we tried to keep it cold. Well, we got this big it? plastic, I don't know if it was a watering trough or something you haul mulch around on or what it was. <laughs> but that's what we put our hog in. And then we covered him in plastic wrap. Some of his feet were hanging out and stuff. And we put bags of ice on top of him. And then we put him in my mom's dining room. <laughs> Did you really? And it stayed overnight because we had to pick him up the day before as we were driving to Arkansas with him. So, so he spent called, the night in my mom's pictures? dining room. Oh, no. This is before camera phones or anything. Yeah. We might have had some of the most disposable yeah, cameras. Yeah, yeah. And there were some pictures of that. And so we... We put the hog in there in the floor of the dining room in my mom's house, right inside the front door of the dining room. The next morning, we got him out. It was, it was cool. It was springtime, and so we drove yeah, him, we put him in the back of the truck, drove him to Helena, Arkansas. Because this is when we were just kind of dating. Yeah, we this didn't have a hog grill. We borrowed. Uh, it was a Meta Creek, wasn't it? No, it was a homemade version of something yeah, like a yeah. Meta Creek that. Would not hold heat or anything, and barely a, this hog we had. We wanted a hundred fifty pound hog, but I think it was like 119, 120. It's a little like hog, yeah. It was small, and it barely fit on this grill we had. But you had to constantly feed it. I bet we burnt a pallet of charcoal trying to keep that grill warm enough to cook this hog. Did y'all trim it? No, <laughs> we just put it on there. The uh, Andy who brought the grill had a hog based that he made up must have been a week or two ahead of time. And just like, 
Come to find out he had let it sit up on his outdoor deep freeze, like on top of it where the cat hangs out. <laughs> and it just stayed up there loosely covered with foil for, for several days, I guess, to firm it. I don't know what he was thinking. If he was letting it steep, but this was our hogwash. And so we got the hog on there. We didn't know how to trim a hog. We didn't have a needle big enough to inject a hog back then. We covered it in whatever rub we brought. This is before we so just had this hog, rubbed it down. And that was it. Put that it was on that prep. pit. And then Andy was, he, we began to take in shifts, putting his fermented hog wash <laughs> on it and feeding that thing charcoal. It would. I think. <laughs> and when we think we got it done, you know, we didn't have thermometers back then. You were going until you just looked right. I mean, this was this was early, <laughs> early days. What, you didn't know it looked right. No, I, the only thing I remember was sitting out there having way too many cocktails. <laughs> so we were cooking hogs, and uh, yeah. So the next day, the judges come around, and we open that thing up and look at it. And it's like, man, it don't look right. Why does it, why does it smell like that? <laughs> <laughs> and so Andy said, I'm going to fix it. And he took rub and just seasoned the grill and everything. Just sprinkled it everywhere. Everywhere. I'm talking about like the outside of the grill <laughs> had rub on it. The whole shelf was covered in rub. The rack was covered. Everything, the hall was just dry rub. It must have took him 10, 15 pounds of dry rub. <laughs> and I was like, well, here we go. Here we are. Here we are. So we tried to serve those judges some of that hog. And, and this was the Came Mem in third and finaled. This is the Memphis Bay start. Circuit at the time, yeah. it's MBN now. Well, I but. think it was its own. They were loosely based on it because it used to be. Or but something. you still I, had the judges come to your. Yes, yes, booth. they still came to your booth and you showed them that hog and set them down and fed it to them. Fed oh it to God, them. I remember <laughs> me Is and that Kat trophy still up here. That's one we should put up. It's like a little wooden guitar. Yeah, yeah, it's like your That's favorite. Got, yeah, <laughs> oh, it's one of my favorites. That's the first ever hog trophy. <laughs> That's. I remember me and Kelly showed up because we weren't, you know, I wasn't a full fledged like killer hogs back then. Yeah. Me and Kelly showed up and and Kelly looked at that hog and she said, something smells funny over there. And she's not a picky person when it comes to food. I've seen her eat. I wouldn't touch it. Week old. I would not. I would not touch it. <laughs> Can you imagine when you open that thing up and them judges got a whiff of it? No. I was there. And then you, did they eat it? I don't remember that. I don't either. I don't remember that. I'm sure they did. That might have been one of our first on-site presentations. It was too. the very first. The very first time. Oh, God. I couldn't tell you what year it was. The only thing, other thing I remember about that contest is it was at the same th time as the Helena uh, King Biscuit Blues mm -hmm. Festival, and they had a ton of people out there in Helena, Arkansas, and they got, I mean, it's not the safest place in the world. <laughs> no. I mean, they had armed guards with like M16s up on the level guarding the barbecue teams. And then I guess some people had a disagreement got, and got to shooting each other out there in the crowd I do uh, where that. the festival was. and That was the Friday night before. Yeah. yeah. And While y'all were cooking. Right. It was very, very, very <laughs> intense time while we were cooking. Yeah, we were cooking. But we did it. There was also that time that um, Waylon injected the pork with the brisket injection and the brisket with the pork injection. And then left. <laughs> I remember that contest. That we were in Ashland, Mississippi. Yep. And Waylon, I forget what he has to do. He, he had a, a one of his nieces' graduation. Yeah, so he's going to come in and help. Yeah. And so I Friday brought night. everything to the contest, trimmed the meat, brought the injections, had them labeled. 
He could only stay for like a couple hours. Yeah, that but he was going to help us get the meat ready. Yeah. Get it on. Comes in and shoots all of my brisket injection into these butts. <laughs> and then, before, I don't even know if he, before he realized it or what, he, sh- he ends up shooting all the pork injection in the brisket. And uh, then leaves. <laughs> <laughs> we did not do well. I th- you know, I got to call him brisket that contest. Though. See, that, that's something else I wrote down here, too. Of all the fails, of barbecue fails I have, I've managed to turn those into positive results a lot of times. So I've got a lot of barbecue fails, but they end up turning into positive results. If you know how to example, um, Bob's brisket. Yeah. Where his wife pulled the brisket off the cooker and threw it at him. And when I got there the next morning, he was sleeping on the brisket wrapped up like it was a pillow on the trailer floor. And we took that brisket, put it back on the pit, warmed it up, sliced it up, got second place. (laughs) Y'all didn't know nothing about cooking no brisket. No, no, we did not. <laughs> had no business cooking brisket. Man. No business. Hey, there's brisket. only one way to learn. It's only one way to learn. That's many briskets ago. <laughs> yeah. I've messed a lot of brisket up. I mean, you know, it's it's that's one that's one of the trickiest pieces of meat to learn to cook to yeah, me. Yeah, and it's really not hard. But just when you think you've got it, that one one doesn't turn out. Yeah, and I've done it all the time. I mean. Brisket's about time. It's about steady temperature. And then it's about resting it a long time. And after that, once you get that down, um, you can t- cook a pretty good brisket. The hardest part for a lot of people, it was for me, was to let it stay on the pit long enough to get done. Because when we, I remember when we first started out barbecue, and we were always trying to hurry something up, whether it was brisket or ribs or pork butt or whatever. Nobody wanted to make to wait. your turn-ins or well, not just, just for comps, just for if we were cooking for get-togethers uh, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were always crunch for time. We didn't give ourselves enough time, or you probably you know, got it on. We didn't. Late yeah, got it on late. Off, yeah. yeah, yeah. Didn't get give enough fire the whole time, so we're in a hurry and trying to rush it at the end, and that messes up barbecue. You cannot rush it. You can't. You got to take your time and let it. It's done when it's done. When did you learn that you could start holding meat? Um, in competition cooking. Yeah. That's where I figured that out. You know, one of the one of the first one I can't remember what team it was. It'll come to me. But um we were cooking competition circuits and, and they were this team would cook their meat on Friday. Their big meats. Oh, and I know exactly who you're talking about. Um Fuel. Yes, yes. That was always the now I don't know if yeah. it's true or not. This is always a rumor though. Yeah. That he was cooking, he was putting his briskets on. And maybe the pork butt too on Friday, getting them cooked and then just warming them back up the next day. And so and we got to play him with toying with that idea. Well, how could you possibly be doing this? Like, well, you're cooking them real slow and you're getting them done and you're holding them in a cambro. And the next day, you're just putting it back on there and warming it back up and glazing it and finishing it. And we did that a couple of contests, ended up granting like Tupelo. And it was like a huge contest. And I was like, man, there's something to this slow cooking and then letting it come back up. And that's really started realizing it when we would taste our comp meat when we got back home. After we cooked all night, turned something in, put the meat in bags, put it in a cooler, drove a couple hours back home with it and tried it, and it's better than what we turned in. So that's when the lights started going off that you can hold this. And, I mean, I'm not saying hold it all day. No. But the right way, but the yeah. right way, it, turn, it, it just makes the meat really, really good. It didn't work for chicken. No, it doesn't work for everything, but yeah. you know, a little hold on chicken's not bad for like a whole chicken. Yeah, I mean, yeah. To, to me, my rule of thumb is the thinner the meat or the smaller the meat, the less the time you need to hold yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But for like brisket and pork butts or pork shoulders or even hogs, there's a lot of these hog teams cooking hogs. Those hogs are done at six a.m. 
And they're not, you know, they're still yeah. doing ju- finals judges with them at one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Same hog. So when they do that, do they just they're just holding it low? I mean, you got to think you've got that thing up to two hundred degrees close, and then you if you kill the fire back, it's going to hold temp. The grill's going to hold temp. The meat's going to hold temp, and it just kind of sits there and gets better and better and better. Mm-hmm. Like it's just marinating its own juices. That's it. Soaking them back up is what I say. And I don't know if it really is or not. I don't know the science behind it at all. I mean, there's something to cooking process, pushing moisture out of meat, outside, out to the outer edges, and then stopping that and just letting it calm down to where that meat just wants to go back, the juice wants to go back in it. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of the, the simple version of what's happening. And it makes it really, really good. Some other fails. <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to come back to it. If it swims, I've pretty much messed it up, <laughs> except for catfish. Uh, salmon, I've cooked some salmon that cats wouldn't eat. <laughs> and I don't know if it's me or the fish. I think we have a problem sourcing good salmon, especially 10, 15 years ago when you first started trying to cook salmon, you know? There was one, and we did a recipe on it. It's probably still out there, and I tried to make it look like it was pretty good, but it was like all oh, grapefruit, plated up with citrus, and that stuff was so bad, almost threw up. <laughs> That's been the closest I've ever gagged on camera. If, yeah. And then um, and I, I, another fish that I, 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 don't, I have a love-hate relationship for, because if you ask me some days, I absolutely can't stand it. If you ask me some days, and I get it, oh, man, it's good. It's, just, it's tuna. Yeah. I've messed up some tuna trying to grill it. The, the best way I found to eat tuna is fresh and raw. Yeah. With some wasabi and some soy sauce. <laughs> it's but, so good that because, way. I mean, you know, I'll eat, I'll eat some tuna fish sandwich. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But just to try to grill some tuna, I have messed it up more. And I, I don't even know if I have. Shane Draper's the only one that's done a tuna recipe. I don't think. I, I've tried to do one one time, and we just scrapped it. I was yeah. like, this is not. I think it, like, stuck to the grill. I tried to do, like, a mustard on the outside with, like, sesame seed crust and I was going to do it and make it look all pretty and all that. And I screwed it all up. And I was like, I got frustrated with that. You know. I was uh, like, screw this fish. <laughs> Hates you wouldn't cook fish Give me some while. ribs or some brisket or some chops or anything. Hamburger. You know, you came up sausage. with a, a really good idea for your fish when you had problems with it sticking. You would put like the limes and the lemons yeah. or put something down or cook it on a bed of I, herbs I, or something. I do really well. With white flesh fish. So if you, you're talking snapper, amberjack, catfish. cobia, catfish, tilapia even, any any a sea bass, all the white flesh fish is no problem. It, it cooks fine to me. I know how to get it done. I can do, you know, shrimp, crab, lobster, all that stuff, anything yeah. like that that I can kind of get a well, feel for. Good I've, I've, yeah. shrimp. But uh, it's just the, I don't know, do you call them red meat fish? What is salmon, tuna, and all that considered? I'm just not a fan. I'm just not a fan of it. I'm just not. Well, you don't like it when other people are cooking it either. I don't. I don't like it when I go to a restaurant. It's very rare that I've had some. Now, I've had some good smoked salmon that I like, you know, but I've had some that's too fishy, too. Yeah. Uh, And I actually have that on a list coming up today to try to do some applewood smoked salmon. I would love it if you... <clears throat> so, but it's something I got to work on because I can't plan to like say, "Oh, I'm gonna do this video and I got this recipe," and it, it, it turns out it might I might it might be nailed it. Yeah, yeah. The uh, beer can turkey 
Or you bought the big... <laughs> oh, man. Do you Foster's, remember that? The Foster's Oil Can Turkey. I didn't have yeah. that on here. But I screwed that up one Thanksgiving. Or, or it was a Thanksgiving it, recipe. Yeah. And, man, I was cooking it on the old hickory, wasn't I? And yep. it started out. It set up on that can. looked so good. And the skin was right, and it was getting closer. You know, it was like probably had another hour or so left. And I mean, it was it was it was it was rocking. You were along. feeling very confident. Feeling had this turkey nailed, and I come back, and that joker is as dark as this microphone. And I'm like, what the heck did I do? And I'm still to this day you don't know what don't happened. know what happened. <laughs> but we could not use that video because oh, no. the turkey was jet black. I mean, but the meat, the turkey, that that we meat itself meat. was yeah. delicious. We just had to pull the skin off, but it was. I screwed that one up. I think I'll be the first. <laughs> do you to think it's maybe a bad wood? I don't know what did it. I honestly don't. I don't know if the heat got away from it for a second, but it's, it was on the old hickory. It didn't like it's. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't on the drum or something. Yeah, that was just a, and I hadn't went back and tried to do that. I need to. Yeah, because that was a good I need idea. To revisit it. Because the beer can chickens, that's something we hadn't cooked in a long time. Is beer can chicken? Yeah, I, I, it's been a while. Yeah, it's always good. I just it's so I mean, it's so easy just to lay a chicken in there on his back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, another one that I wrote down that I really screwed up, we tried to do some meatloaf with some deer and I don't know if I didn't add enough fat to it. You remember, do you remember that? No. There was the ugliest. Was it looking, for a recipe or were we just cooking? No, we were just cooking meatloaf. Yeah. Like we was going to be have our dinner meatloaf and it was. Somebody, we, we just used ground deer. Was it yeah. something we had processed ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. We ground it ourselves. And we, That's it why. Was, it was, man, <laughs> I hadn't made deer meatloaf since. <laughs> If I make something and it, it just gets a bad taste in my mouth, you're done. I'm almost done with it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any of my nailed it's on there? Uh, I didn't write anything. Normally, you know, I'm not gonna pick it on you. <laughs> there was one time when I tried to do chicken and dumplings. <laughs> And my dumplings, I didn't get my dumplings to the right consistency. Now I use pre store bought dumplings. They're so much easier. It makes things so much faster. But the way my grandmother taught me how to make dumplings was you make your dumplings. But I didn't get it to the right consistency. And when I dropped it in my hot chicken broth, it turned to porridge. That's, that's, what, it, that's what I was going to call was it. Porridge. So that's the first time I ever ate porridge. Chicken porridge. <laughs> it was delicious. Chicken porridge. <laughs> there was no dumpling. It was just. It was all one texture. Yeah. It was like cremo chicken. No noodles, no nothing, no dumpling, no <laughs> did you, cream or chicken. Did you eat it? Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I did. That was like the first thing you ever like made for me. I but think. it wasn't, I didn't, it didn't like invited me over, invited time. me over to, you were living with some other people then. They were gone or something. You're going to make me dinner. And so I, but I that, not up. that night, it turned out. Oh, it did that night? Yeah. I remember it's been a couple, th- that and, if I had to pick one dish that is the absolute worst thing that you have ever made, you know what I'm going to say. Is it mayonnaise and Mayonnaise tilapia. <laughs> I actually got that recipe out of it was, the old cookbook. If, if, you could, if I had to pick something, I would eat all the fishy salmon, <laughs> all, the, all this other stuff. I'd eat the old uh, fermented hogwashed hog. Before I'd eat that mayonnaise tilapia. <laughs> oh, God. That's just. I was I'm like, about to go. <laughs> I was like, mm, <laughs> mayonnaise and fish. Sounds good. Let's try not, it. Not sound good. Do you know those old Southern cookbooks? Like they have a spiral bound 
Yeah, like come from a church. Yeah, like a, yeah. A right. Ladies group or something yeah. like that. The ladies auxiliary of. You got nobody like make sure those recipes are. <laughs> they <don't> fact check them. <laughs> they don't fact check them. You get Aunt Edna's fish surprise. <laughs> and then you thought it sounded good. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> well, Aunt blame, Edna, can't, I can't steer you wrong. I can't blame Aunt, Aunt Edna for that one. There was one time I tried to make a turkey uh, meatloaf. I remember we were very poor and we did not have very much money. And um, we didn't go out to eat hardly ever, you know. Um, and I made a ground turkey meatloaf and it was so bad. You said, Shell, let's just go out to eat. <laughs> and we went to Mexico. <laughs> we broke our rule. <laughs> yeah. It was bad. We threw it away. That's the main ones that come up. I have did some lamb that I've... You know, lamb's along that salmon line to me. I've had some really good lamb, and I've had some bad lamb. See, I've never had lamb of yours that... You didn't like? That I didn't like. I've had. I mean, to me, it's... Sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. Depends on how it turns out. I do have... uh, Brian gave me some goat, and he swears it's good. It's a ground goat. Ground goat. So we're going to use... I might make you a ground goat burger. I'll try it. I mean, I grew up eating. Yeah, goat. But it was pulled goat. I think we lost our video. Oh, did we? Yeah, that's back. (laughs) It says it's recording. But, you know. Any other major nailed it? Yeah, another comp one. And this is another me and Andy story where he runt my mama's good turkey frying pot making beans. For some reason, he thought he could make a, what kind of beans? Like baked beans? Baked beans, barbecue beans. And we was going to make it at a contest to serve to everybody. And the only pot we had was this turkey frying pot. And so he dumped, I don't know how many number number 10 cans of beans <laughs> off in there. And then put it on a fish burger. And, and walked he, away, probably. Yeah. Got distracted. And it got, we had probably, no joke, six inches of black burnt beans on the inside of that pot. And I told him, I was like, man, what you do to my mama's pot, man? I borrowed this, you know? And he worked and worked and worked. I think he ended up trying to get it pressure washed, and it just made holes all in the bottom of the <laughs> Did you have to buy your That was a fail. Did you have to buy your mom uh, a pot? I don't remember. She usually keeps up with those type yeah. of things. <laughs> I don't know if I did or not. It was just, it wasn't one of those experiences. It's a te- yeah, cheap turkey frying pot. I mean, you should have never been making beans in it. <laughs> as many aluminum bands as we had. Why he thought he could warm up some? He's making speed beans or something like that. I got to get them done speed fast. Beans. I got a recipe. Trust me. It's like, okay. You do you, man. You also had a recipe for that hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, Malcolm, that's about our time. What do we have coming up? Um, we're gonna be at home. <laughs> got more of more of being at home, <laughs> cooking. Uh, I've gonna I've got some other stuff online. I, I've got my tapatia uh, polo tapatia. So I'm gonna do. Yep. Um, I'm probably gonna do next week. Gonna do some uh, uh, burgers. I'm I'm thinking of patty melt, man. I I ain't been I hadn't had a. When was the last time you had a good patty melt? I hadn't been to Whataburger in a while, and that's, yeah, they have a good one. That's what have, that's the one I'm gonna go for. The, the mushrooms and the onions and yeah. the cheese. Do a patty melt. I've ordered me one of those little burger topper things. I'm gonna I'm gonna break out my uh, the grate the the flat grate for the oh beer yeah grates. the grill grates new yeah, one yeah. yeah put it on probably the PK or something and and do some uh, patty melts. What do you serve with it? Is it just patty melt? 
Yeah, you can serve whatever you want with it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, fries, what, what goes with it? Fries. That's what I think yeah. of. When I think of the, uh, the, the water burger, that's how I always get a patty mm-hmm. milk fries. You can do fries on that. Yeah. Pellet grill. Do fries. Um, any other recipe ideas? Any recipe plans you work in? Uh, I'm, I'm going to do, uh, well, we've got an event we're cooking and I'm, I'm thinking about doing a little, uh, you know, cooking for the masses style video where I show you load, we're going to load up, uh, load up the big old hickory and cook, uh, 30 or 40 butts at a time. And cause I got a graduation thing. It's a little special event for some seniors or something that, that we're, that we're doing some food for. Yeah. And then, um, I try to order hog and do a, a running hog video around Memorial Day. I love that idea. So that's the only thing that's fresh on my mind right now. I'm sure I'll be doing some more dinners. Yeah. And you got you keep saying you're going to do that one chicken recipe where you oh the, the, the old skinless chicken yeah pies. I've got some in the freezer. I keep waiting on that one. I might have to do that for something coming up. Yeah, it might maybe just be an Instagram day or something. Yeah, I love it's, those that chicken. Yeah, it's good. What does Eddie Reed call it? Burn up chicken. Burn ass chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Wins every time. Wins every time. Just burn it up good. <laughs> it's, it's 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 pretty much char grilled chicken. Yeah. Thighs, boneless, skinless, and I'd give them the same treatment as I gave those uh, barbecued tenderloins because I, I marinate them in Italian dressing and then overnight usually and then grill them hot and fast until they're charry up. And as they get done, have a, have a pan of barbecue sauce sitting over there and throw them off in that pan. When I get the pan filled up with chicken, I start putting them back on the grill mm-hmm. and letting that sauce caramelize up, moving them around. It's some old. I love them. It's, it's good. You work in the grill cooking that chicken, though. Yeah. It's like some old school grilling. That's why I like it. It's got that taste, that old yeah, school it does. taste. It and does. I like thighs. It does. It's really good. You got to have the cheap sauce and stuff. You can't use all the good stuff. You, know? you got to do cookies or something. That's about it. That's, Sweet baby rays. Crap. You know, it's starting to get warmer weather, so, be, so we'll uh, be doing some more grilling. Yeah. I want to do some um, chicken wings. I got an idea for some. Uh, smoked chicken rings, yeah. Getting them, I was checking in on getting them. You know that year. grande chicken turned out so good. I want to do some wings, yeah, whole wings with the grande on it because I've never done that. Just the Mexican seasoning. I pulled a little piece of the wing off that whole chicken, yeah, and took a bite of it. I was like, I want you to make some grande green, grande <laughs> gringo chicken wings. <laughs> it was good, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I might do that. I might do half grande gringo and half buffalo. Yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, where can they find a show? If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ Right on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and of course YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram. Hey, we appreciate y'all hanging out with us this week, and we'll stay do safe. it again. Yeah, stay safe out there. We'll do this stay again safe. next week, and the next week, and <laughs> whatever day tomorrow is, and all that good stuff. <laughs> we'll see y'all.